everybody, welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And CD Projekt Red has its mantis hands full in episodes 204 today, December 17th, 2020. We have our beloved Nick, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose, joining us this particular episode, in which case we are going to just get caught up with each other, finding out what we've been up to this past week before going right into our topic of the day, which is Cyberpunk 2077 hands-on impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in your podcast provider detailed section below. Uh, uh, Steve. Yes, Ross. Uh, a happy almost end of the week to you. <laughs> I can't actually say happy weekend. It's not, it's not the weekend, fact, the Russ. Weekend. Yeah, no, it ain't the weekend yet. No, it's not. It is a very crisp night indeed. A little, a little wind chill. Would you outside. say it's nipply? No. No. I, I wouldn't say so. Not cutting any glass anytime soon? Not cutting any glass. With your areolas? Negative, sir. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe on Nick's side, a.k.a. sausage fingers. Um... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, so uh, how has your week been going, Russ? My week has been going actually very fast. It, it was kind of surprising because I have a, a two-week vacation coming up. Oh, that must be nice. The end of the year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the studio is closing down, so I will be able to have two weeks uh, paid vacation, which is actually something that's crazy because uh, as a contractor, I normally do not get any kind of uh, paid vacation, but actually as a result of the pandemic known around the world as COVID-19. We didn't know that. The wonderful folks uh, over at 2K actually have um, made it so that all the studios under their proverbial umbrella um, actually extend out the uh, the studio closure that is paid to even the the temp full time employees, which I thought was a very very cool thing of them to do. I'm very grateful to them for that. So uh, otherwise, I would uh, I would have the time off, but alas, I would not be receiving a paycheck. So that's definitely cool. Though the week itself has really flown by, though there's been plenty to do at the office, so to speak, as well as the the preparations for. The final couple of weeks here in the uh, dumpster fire that is 2020. So that's kind of how my week's been. Nick, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you for having me back. It's good to be back. I've had my own fun with Rona. So, you know, there's that. I just got off of quarantine today. Hooray! I don't Woo! have coronavirus. Had a little bit of the sniffles. And the work was like, you need to bug out because we don't want to catch your nasty virus. <laughs> Do you feel Plague okay? Error. No, I'm not 100% but Corona! No, 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 no. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i cool. I'm cool. You have a headache? No, nah, man. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I just haven't eaten in a day. But no, I, Corona! No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I mean, they started throwing bleach at me. <laughs> like someone was chasing me around with a Lysol can. It was insanity. <laughs> My eye. <laughs> no. You have your own like personal Lysol assistant. Oh, people holding up crosses and stuff and just, you know, exactly speaking in Latin. It was bizarre. But yeah, no, I got kicked out of work for uh, three days while I figured out if it was just a little cold or if I'd come down with this delightful 
2020 ruining disease. Well, yes. Uh, did, did you drink Corona while you were in quarantine to find out if you had, in fact, Corona? <laughs> no, I, I opted not to do that. I figured, you know, why play with fire? There you go. Why, why tempt fate? Right. Right. But yes. yes, I'm all cleared and life is good. And your wife got the uh, the vaccine. I saw on yes. social media. Yes, she did. She got the vaccine today. She's a nurse. So, you know, she's right on the front lines, has been from the beginning. And uh, she's been dealing with COVID patients this entire time. And yeah, so she was able to get her first vaccination. I guess it's a two-part series, at least the one that she got. She has the one today. And then she'll have another one in 30 days, I believe. That'll be the final vaccination. And uh, I told her I'm looking forward to her growing, you know, like an extra arm out of the back of her head or something. That That's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> well, and Steve's wife also works at a hospital and she too got the, the first of, I guess, two shots mm, uh, yeah. based on what Nick was talking about. She did. Mm-hmm. And her arm is in quite a lot of pain. I will say, Russ, the way to avoid pain yeah, you, you don't have to. You don't have to be a Karen and and tell somebody how to do their job. But there are a lot of really bad shot givers. There are, and what you need to do. And my wife, I, my wife actually called me a Karen because I asked somebody to give me a shot this this way. How I was emasculating! Getting, I know this way, and 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 the, and the guy, the the it was actually a pharmacist who gave me the shot, and it was great. It was fine. But I told him I was like fast. Needle, slow medicine. All these shot givers want to do it Hollywood style. They're like, yeah, hold on, this might hurt a minute. <gasps> like that, like super injecting style, like it's supposed to be awesome or something. And that's how you actually bruise your muscle. Bruising the tissue. Bruising it. And so she was telling me like she could hardly lift a bottle of water after the shot oh because it was terrible. And that's how she did it. Pow. Just like that. Shot needle as fast as you can and that's it she's like no i mean it's your arm hurts yeah yeah no i mean those needles are also not uh playing around either you know it is you, <laughs> you are literally poking a hole into flesh want to make sure it's uh done genteel like they're kind of sharp a little bit right a little bit could poke an eye out well should we jump into the topic of the day yeah let's take a plunge Okay, I have a ton of stuff here that I can't wait to chat with you blokes about. So, topic of the day, of course, Cyberpunk 2077, hands-on impressions. All three of us bought this game, and we decided ahead of time to actually choose different... um, Oh, I always forget what it's like. It's like... Life paths. It's not course. Life paths. Thank you, Nick. Yes, sir. Um... So Nick ended up going with the nomad path. Nomad. And then Steve went with so. the street kid. And then I went with the, with the uh, corpo, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Um, however, I have to give a disclaimer be, due to the fact that like my Xbox Series X wasn't here when it was supposed to get here. And then I got Cyberpunk for PC. And then Cyberpunk came for Xbox, but I didn't have the Xbox Series X and all this kind of stuff. I've actually been doing two of those paths. One is the street kid and the other is the corpo. Uh, once I received the Xbox series X, I, I started doing the, the corpo on that. You have betrayed us. <clears throat> I know. <laughs> I couldn't wait. I've been waiting for this game for seven years. 
So um, there's a number of things that I wanted to kind of go over with you guys really quick before we started going into our paths. Um, first of all, um, some information I've been collecting over the past week. Cyberpunk has set a new record for the highest number of concurrent players in a single player game, dominating the previous high by more than double. Oh, very uh, noteworthy and impressive indeed. As tracked by the Steam database, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 saw a record high of 1,003,262 players within hours of it launching at midnight on December 10th. And Cyberpunk 2077 sold 8 million copies before launch. So it kind of, it goes without saying, is a very, very highly anticipated title. It has been for, for many years. Um, so they had this big splash with the title. And then all of a sudden, there's a lot of controversy that started to emerge where um, people who had the game for the base consoles of last gen of PS4 and Xbox One, um, they started to, to all of a sudden have the, this stark revelation that the, um, the graphics were way different than what um, players on PC or even like the Xbox Series X or PS5 were experiencing. And so that set off a whole chain of events that, that was going on. You had CD Projekt Red uh, be very public in, in apologizing for the situation. And it wasn't even a graphics, it wasn't, well, it wasn't limited to a graphics downgrade. But I mean, apparently there are just all kinds of loading issues and bugs and everything. I mean, you can tell that the base consoles were kind of left by the wayside and it was probably more of a predominantly PC game first and foremost as they were developing it. Now it's gotten so bad that I don't know if you guys heard this dropped today, but Sony yep. has removed cyberpunk 2077 from its PS store and will offer refunds to PlayStation players who already bought it. So that's huge. I don't know if Sony has ever done that in the past, um, but it's, it's definitely kind of a sign of the times in terms of the disparaging differences between the different play experiences. What do you guys think about that kind of situation? Because it's weird how like they, they were like launching, having this, this big heyday, they were the darlings of the industry. And then all of a sudden it's like the scandal kind of emerged. And now it's almost as if CD Projekt Red is, is fighting kind of a PR campaign, not only with its fans, but also with the platform providers of Microsoft and Sony. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I had also read about that as well today. It was like, oh man, that's pretty heavy stuff there. And it is interesting because on the PR side of things, they have come out and basically said that they recognize that they basically sullied the reputation that they've built up over the years, and particularly with what they've done in the Witcher franchise and kind of the standard that they had. And they've fallen way short. Another interesting thing about that, too, is um, when the review copies went out, they did not send out any console review copies. So all the review copies that initially hit, you know, your IGNs and, and places of that sort were all PC and even PC wasn't without its issues. If you don't have a super high-end PC, this game runs rough, really rough, because I yeah. guess even top-of-the-line NVIDIA can't run this thing on its ultra settings, even with that crazy new card of theirs. 
Oh, really? I didn't hear about that part. Yeah, because it has something to do with, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, I'm not as deep in computers as I used to be. It's like the DLS settings or something that aren't set up on the NVIDIA yet that supposedly they're supposed to take care of and it keeps saying, yeah, we're going to get it soon, 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 and it just never happens. So, yeah, I mean, it can still run and it still looks good, but you can't you can't really push to ultra settings like you would think you would be with something that's you know, the, supposedly the hottest card on the market. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, clearly it's a very deep game. It's a highly populated game. There's a lot going on. You can understand why there is issues, but the fact that, I mean, I guess this is what I would say is you delayed, right? But the newer consoles can handle it. Higher end PC can handle it. Why not just delay the copies on the old consoles till you get them fixed. I mean, I've seen footage that it's nigh unplayable. I mean, freezes taking over 10 seconds for, you know, resolutions to kick in on people's faces, various other things. It's running the gamut of issues. It's bad. And it's a bad look. Steve, what were you going to say? So, yeah, I mean, I, I remember their tweets throughout the year saying, oh yeah, the game is done. We're just literally polishing it so we can give you the best product we can. And everyone's like, yeah, CD Projekt Red rules. And then, uh, yeah, this comes out and then everyone goes, you are delaying and delaying and delaying. How could you not know these issues? And, and yeah, they're apologizing, but they're, they're apologizing in a way of like, oh yeah, we didn't know this was going to happen. We're like, you how did you not know this was going to happen? I mean, I got a copy and I see the exact same thing that millions of other people are, are, are talking about from the get go. I mean, within five minutes, I was looking around going, the frame rates down. Uh, people's mouths aren't moving when they're talking to me. My gun's not even like it has to materialize. Sometimes you can't even like when, when I'm switching a gun or even bringing it out. Like, I mean, some folks have said that it's literally not playable on the system. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, it's definitely playable, but it's it's definitely disappointing at the same time. I mean, I mean, we, I, we can get into other stuff later on, but um, yeah, CD CD Project Red is really doing some some damage control. I wouldn't say my opinion of them is is totally gone to the gutter. No, but, um, no, definitely not, definitely not. But but yeah, I, it's, it, this is such a glaring issue. I I, I am pretty appalled that it got past them or they decided to go to market with it like it is. And like the biggest game in history is, or not, I'm so sorry, in history of the year, (laughs) the biggest game of the year, basically, or the most anticipated game of the year turns out to be the biggest disappointment of the year almost. So anyhow, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of controversy that's going on at this point in time. Um, And they actually were were explaining, too, that there are going to be upgrades to the game coming out next year. Cyberpunk. um, Apparently, this my my understanding is, is that um, the game um, has the PS4 and Xbox One versions. And of course, we know they can be played on the PS5 and Xbox Series X via backwards compatibility. But the the key to this is that the game that you're playing right now was designed for the, the, the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, not necessarily the PS4 or the Xbox One. We didn't know that until we started playing it. But furthermore, we're not actually playing... Like the, the game that's out right now that we're playing on Xbox Series X and PS5 is in fact the the game 
version for the PS4 and the Xbox One. So the actual like official upgrade that's supposed to take advantage of all the bells and whistles for the PS5 and Xbox Series X is supposed to drop sometime next year. And according to the developers, um, there will be more than one upgrade um, that um, I guess applies to the, to the uh, next gen version of the game. And the first, well, the first upgrade that technically happened was actually on launch day, which I think was more of a hot fix, but a true upgrade when the game is officially released for PS five, um, it will be, I want to say probably first quarter of 2021. And they also talked about DLC and I have a quote here. It says, we've mentioned before that expansions will be coming and while we are not ready to talk specifics just yet, we will say that we've learned a lot from our work on both uh, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. Our planned expansions will take you even deeper into the world of Cyberpunk 2077, offering substantial story-driven content that'll give you tough choices to make through impactful narratives that you won't soon forget. But before we get there... We will first be kicking off our free DLC program in early 2021. Just like with The Witcher 3, expect an assortment of free DLC packs to begin hitting Night City, dropping a bunch of cool stuff that'll inject even more life into the world of the dark future, end quote. So if we recall, like, like Witcher 3 had its own share of bugs when it first got uh, released. CD Projekt Red was very faithful to that title. They did continue to improve it in pretty like kudos worthy ways. But I think this is a, a bit of a different story with what, what Steve, you were describing just now. Um, and I am curious to know also how this stuff will play out once these upgrades get released in 2021. But honestly, it makes me wonder if they needed about another three to six months to be able to get through. Cause the game seems to be more like in a beta mode, like a beta phase as opposed to like being ready to go gold. I wouldn't even say beta. I'd say pre beta. I mean, I I've played my, I haven't played a ton of betas, but I played enough betas where I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's pretty much there. I mean, it's, 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 it's go time as far as I can see. Like just a little bit of polish and that's good. Like this is way earlier stages. Yeah. We will have to find out. And I hope that these upgrades come sooner rather than later and that they, they do make the overall playing experience, um, <laughs> actually enjoyable for the folks who are playing on, on the base console systems. Um, one other quick note before we dive in is that apparently I didn't know this, but when it comes to the cyberpunk lore, um, there's more than like 30 years of lore behind it. Um, and it, it goes all the way back to like kind of the eighties during the Ronald Reagan presidency and stuff. And, and um, Nick, have you read any of this yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, this game has been around most of our life. The okay, yeah, I, of it. I had heard about the tabletop. I've never played it. Um, but in terms of the, of the lore, I didn't realize they had as much lore as they do. So, um, yeah, I mean, even though um, it's set, what is it, like 50 years from now, the cyberpunk universe really gets its start in the late, late 1980s. So um, I'm very much on the hunt. I don't know if it's free somewhere like online to read about, or if you have to go to your local comic book shop or whatever the deal is. Do you know uh, any info on that? I mean, there's, there's lots of places where you can get a lot of information. You can find a lot on the internet. There are books, there are uh, comic books and things of that nature. 
So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different places you can go to get the lore. Um, honestly, uh, I don't know for people who are interested in strategy guides. I know they're not as big a thing as they used to be, but uh, I, I picked up the strategy guide just because I knew this was going to be like an incredibly deep game. And so I'm going to play through the first time just winging it. But then, of course, my next playthrough, I want to see everything that I missed, you know, and and really like because I'm a completionist. I got to do everything. So I picked up the strategy guide and the first, I don't know, maybe quarter of that book is just kind of going through kind of like what Night City is and how it got to be that way. And a lot of a lot of the history and lore is actually in the strategy guide, too. So you can get a you know, kind of a a long summary but a summary of a lot of what's going on and kind of what's setting the stage of what's going on from that too right. so that that's another useful resource if you're just kind of wanting to know a little bit more about the world you're diving into so that's pretty cool yeah i might pick that up um and i'm definitely interested in looking at the lore because i've always been just a, a overall cyberpunk genre fan oh yeah then you'll you'll get a kick out of it you can you could spend a lot of time a lot of time a lot of stuff out there nice so let's dive into our respective hands-on impressions of the game here. Um, who wants to go first? I guess Nick, I you're go. our guest. Yeah, go. Okay, Nicholas. Yeah. So, you know, I, I will say just as kind of the opener, um, at least from my experience, what I'm reading online, what I'm watching in videos, it's the game seems to be, we kind of touched on this already, a tale of three formats, old gen, current gen, and PC. And depending on where you fall along the lines of what you're using as your mode of playing, you could be having a pretty good experience or just an absolutely trash one. And of course, the old gen consoles, I I just, I'm, I'm really shocked. I mean, it's exactly like you said, Steve, this is like alpha type stuff. It, I wouldn't even put it in beta category based on what I've been watching. Um, it's hard to believe that this thing made it to the light of day and as disappointing as it would have been to, you know, postpone again, even if it was just for old gen and with the backwards compatibility stuff, maybe that's the stick in the mud of why it couldn't happen. Right. Cause Xbox is making it so everything works no matter what you've got. Maybe that's why they couldn't, because it's like, well, if we give it to, you know, Xbox Series X users or an Xbox One X or a PlayStation 4 Pro, um, it's going to be on the store and then it's going to be there for the other systems because they, you know, they share a uh, library. Maybe that's why, but I don't know. It's just, it's really disappointing to see something like this. And I mean, bugs are going to happen, like you said about the Witcher Rust. Yes, it had its issues, but it is disappointing to see that uh, they opted to throw it out there anyway in this state. And they clearly have taken a hit to their reputation. Uh, and I know they were basically saying that they don't care about the money and what it costs. Their, their number one goal right now is to patch and fix their reputation and make this right. And uh, that's, that's encouraging, but it doesn't make it any better for somebody who bought that game right now was looking forward to playing that game right now um, and has something that is tough. We'll go with that. We'll go with tough to play. Can you do it? Yes, you can, but it definitely is not the smooth and immersive experience you'd want it to be. And that's the thing. This is an RPG, right? You want it to be an immersive experience. RPGs are all about immersion. It's about 
literally losing yourself in a crafted world. And to some degree, we do that in every game, but it's a little bit different in an RPG because you're given so much more autonomy to make decisions that have an impact on the world that you're, you're visiting. So they've, they've got their work cut out from them. Now that's side, I have an Xbox, you know, series X. And I have to say the first day when I loaded it up, cause I loaded it up right when it, uh, became available, it became available, I think here at nine o'clock because I'm on the, you know, the West coast and it seems like they're going off East coast time for when midnight was. So I loaded it up, got in, fired it up. And there were glitches even for me, uh, characters that were floating in the air, um, items that I should be able to pick up that show the icon for being able to be picked up. I can't grab them no matter what position I take, how I try to manipulate the camera or my reticle can't pick items up. Um, it was clearly having some issues even for me, uh, on a series X, uh, they've patched it of course. And there's been, I think two patches so far and I'm seeing less of that now. It seems like for the most part that characters are where they're supposed to be. And, um, the majority of items that I find I'm able to pick up, although I still run into things every once in a while that shows I should be able to grab it. And I just can't ever get in the right position to do so. So it's, it's not without it's, it's glitches even on, you know, the, the latest gen, but the graphical issues as far as pop in and things like that. And it's been a pretty smooth experience and I've been overall pretty pleased. Cause I will say this game has some incredible writing and voice and voice acting, pardon me. And it's really easy to get lost in the story pretty quickly. I mean, the, the first, the first uh, character that you meet, uh, Jackie, you quickly become endeared to him. Um, he, he's just, he's kind of a neat character and he, he has a kind of a playful quality to him that I don't know. I just liked him really fast. I, I really liked his character really quickly. So I'm not surprised cause that's something that CD project red is really good at is, is the storytelling and you're seeing great storytelling. So that's been pretty, pretty exciting. Um, graphically aside from glitches, looks really good on, on the series X. And it's impressive because I am, like you said earlier, playing on essentially the Xbox one version of the game. So it'll be interesting to see how it looks when we do get our series X and the PS five upgrades to see how much that changes things. Um, cause you'll bring in thing, you know, things like the ray tracing and whatnot. That's going to really make a lot of more of the city pop. I think, cause there's a lot of opportunities in the city for reflections and things of that nature that uh, currently you're not really getting. Um, but it still looks really good in general. I did say, I don't know how you guys felt about the motion blur. Do you guys, did you guys leave motion blur on or did you turn it off? Cause that was making me sick. It was so bad whenever you like turned quickly. <laughs> I turned it off. Yes. I, I left it on. I, I actually liked it. One of the um, issues that I did have when it came to the PC version um the PC version has more options. I mean, that's kind of par for the course, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but one of the things though about the PC version is that they have this like inertia setting where it senses like, like if you're using a mouse or if you're using um, like an Xbox controller for your PC, it senses like how much you're, you're moving the, the analog stick to, to turn and somehow it like, it does this weird ramp up thing where like you don't turn right away. It's like you, you turn slowly and then by the end of the turn, it, it speeds up. And that's that was a, a, a big no, no for me because especially when you're in a, um, a shootout 
the last thing you want to do is have something like that because then you can't lock on to your enemies and I'm like overcompensating or undercompensating. I'm like, I can't aim. So luckily I'm able to uh, go into the options, which I'll, 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 talk, I'll talk about more um, later on. But I, for one, actually really enjoyed the, the motion blur. It didn't affect me at all. Yeah, for, for me, I just found that it was like it was just almost too much. But I think it's also in combination because I believe the console also has that accelerant. I haven't figured out how to mess with it yet. Uh, I need to dig into the settings some more because I noticed that too, that, yeah, you kind of hold and then it kind of ramps up if you're holding all the way over. If you're just pushing over a little bit on the joystick, then it kind of is a more smooth affair. But yeah. I mean, you know how it is. If there's somebody shooting you a lot of times, you're just like, crank that puppy over and start <laughs> popping away, you know? And it's like, what? And I'm doing like a 360. <laughs> now I accidentally shot Jackie and, you know, it's, it's just bad. It's not, not what you want. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Shot yeah. me in the leg. Why you shoot me, man? It's like, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. No, anyway. Yeah. So the motion blur, I think combined with that acceleration on the stick, yeah, it was a bit bit much for me. So I'm going to have to tweak that, and then maybe I can turn the motion blur back on. Because normally I do like a little bit of motion blur. It does give a good sense of speed and, you know, like weight to your movement and stuff. So I do one really of, like it. One of the things that, um, just as a reminder, that we have to be, be sure that we're not going to um, give away any spoilers um, if we're talking about where we are in the game. But I am curious, Nick, how many hours would you say you are into the game so far? <laughs> you know, that's funny because I'm probably not very far mission wise and we'll just leave it at that. But <laughs> I've, I've got to put, I don't know. I got to I mean, I'm sure I'm above 20 hours. Easy. Nice. Uh, just cause like I said, I, I want to just wander around. It was interesting. There are areas you can't get to. I don't know if you've experienced that yet. Cause I was just trying to drive around the city and see where I could get to and stuff. And uh, I hit a magical wall, a magical invisible wall. Oh. And it flipped my car back around was like, no, no, bad, bad V. <laughs> you don't belong here yet. You don't have the necessary levels of progress. Uh, Turn uh, your uh. butt around. It, yeah, total Dennis Nedry movement, uh, moment. You know, it's like, ah, ah, ah. Forgot to say the magic word. Yeah. Please. It just flips you around <laughs> and puts you somewhere else. And you're just like, what the heck just happened? And a little pop-up comes up. I imagine you were probably on the road for quite some time though. It's not like you, you just were on the road for a little bit and all of a sudden it turns you around. I went five feet and it turned out no, just kidding. Yeah. I, I was dry. Like I said, I'm a, I've got ADD. I'm like a dog looking at squirrels. I'm just, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. You know? And of course, like I hear gunfire. So I'm like, Oh, I got to go see where that gunfire is coming from. Oh, the cops are in a fight with people. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot the bad guys and help the cops out. I just, yeah, I'm all over the place. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, and you, so your life path that you chose was the Badlands. You were the nomad. Yep. I was the um, nomad. And so with the amount of hours that you've put into place, I'm guessing you are now in Night City. You are no longer on the outskirts. I have left the desert and okay. journeyed into the city. So with, without going into too much detail, though, I'm, I'm more curious about your reaction to what you saw. So when when you were finally able to leave the the, de the desert areas and you were making your way, do, do you actually get to drive into Night City or does it fade to black and then all of a sudden you're in Night City? <sighs> it kind of sort of pseudo you drive into the outskirts 
a little scene happens, not going to go into the details. And then the, the next fade to black next scene, you're in the city getting ready to do some stuffs. Okay. Now what was in terms of, of your reaction when you first saw night city, when you were in it, uh, can you describe your feeling? Oh, absolutely. That was probably one of the more, most impressive entrances into a setting in my personal gaming history just because it's so fully realized and i like you am a big fan of of cyberpunk i'm a big philip k dick fan uh really enjoy you know his stories and whatnot i I dig sci-fi and um love blade runner and immediately i'm just like this is blade runner like i'm in the world of blade runner like this is crazy i mean I mean, everything from the advertisements to the color palette, the skyscrapers, uh, the nature of the desi- design of vehicles and people's outfits and everything. I mean, it was just like I've walked into the world of Blade Runner. I've walked in the world of cyberpunk. I'm here. And it's so well realized. It really is a marvel. I mean, I have to be honest. Um you look at everything and then the sheer amount of people that are walking around too. Like it, it feels like a city that's lived in. I mean, now there's some things about it that don't, you can walk through people. There's not like collision with everybody um, when you're walking around. So there are some things that kind of take you out of it. But when you consider the amount of stuff that they got packed into this game and going on at any one minute or moment on a corner, anywhere in the city, like, it's amazing to me the game even runs at all in some regards because there's a lot going on, a whole lot going on at any time. It's I was I was really blown away by the city. Yeah. How about you? Oh man, no, it, it was um, well, it was a little bit different for me because when I first started, um, I I was I was doing the street kid path, and, and so I was kind of, I was already in the, the city itself. I didn't start out in the desert, but I could, I could totally see like if I had done the nomad first, making my way into the city, I think would have been also just, just a really neat change up in terms of just the, the geographical location where like, I'm sure there was, there was a beauty into itself with the, the, the desert area oh, I can and, go and where you that. came from. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was incredible. Cause I mean, you know, we all grew up in California. I used to go camping in the Mojave desert, death Valley and Joshua tree on a regular basis. And this place reminded me so much of Joshua tree. I mean, it had the Joshua trees, cactus, the big rock formations like Joshua tree did. It, it was really cool. Like I'm driving around in my car and I'm just like, this looks like Joshua tree. And considering this takes place in California, I was just sort of like, this is, amazing they clearly did their homework on what the desert is like at least joshua tree style desert because it looked really really similar and i was just really honestly i spent a lot of time not surprising again you know dog squirrel just driving around and i ran in that was the first place i ran into the you need to turn your butt around magical (laughs) invisible walls was out there uh but i mean hopefully i'll end up back there at some point where i can uh explore more because it was it was incredible. I really was impressed by the lay of the land and just uh, as far as like how far out they did their rendering and whatnot. I mean, it was it was really really pretty. 
Now, Steve, I want you, I want to go to you next, uh, just because my situation runs kind of parallel to your experience. So I want to hear your experience first, and then I'll go into mine. Uh, we already know that the, in terms of, of the overall fun factor, it probably hasn't been where it normally would be if you were playing this on a different type of uh, console, but how many hours do you think you've put into it? I would say at least 10. Okay. At least 10. Um, and you know, with with all the the like negative stuff, I guess there is positive stuff. I mean, I I, I have had fun with it. Um, it's just I have to lower my expectations. Um, Do you feel like like you want to stop playing it until like some uh, legit patches that actually fix a lot of the stuff for the the base console or? released or maybe even stop playing it until you get your hands on like a, a PS five or an Xbox or excuse me, a, uh, yeah. An Xbox series X. Well, I mean, depending on when the release comes, I mean, I don't, I don't want to No, I mean, I guess the, the quick answer is no, I don't want to stop playing it because it, 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 there is a level of fun factor and immersion, uh, that I feel when playing the game. Uh, granted the, the frame rate is, is very low um, none of the, you know, not many of the effects are there. It, it does feel very old, um, but the story is very good and the voice acting is good. The sound effects are good. All like the, the gun choices and where you go. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely feel immersed in this game and in this environment and I have no clue where it's, <laughs> where it's going. I mean, it's got me guessing, which I like, uh, I mean, that being said, though, I mean, there's I think when you're walking around, it does feel like a city. But if I were to give some criticism or feedback, I would say a lot of folks that you talk to. They they don't want to talk to you like everybody is a jerk. And so <laughs> I feel like I don't want to talk to anybody whatsoever. It's not like, oh, yeah, hey, how you doing? Oh, you see the sky today? Or, oh, man, you see what the. You know, so what happened to so-and-so? And man was like, yeah, you want a piece of me? Oh, go piss off then. You know? I'm like, gee, I'm not going to talk to anybody. Forget this. I'm going to be a negative Nancy by the time I'm done playing the game. Um, also, too, when you're driving, like, there's no traffic. Like, whatsoever. Like, if you're walking around, stuff's ha- stuff happens. There's people walking past you. There's people having conversations. There's people getting arrested. You know, police are knocking on doors. I mean, there, there's there's atmosphere there's stuff that's happening it feels like it's alive and then you get in the car and then it's it's every day is like the best day in traffic because there's no other cars on the road like maybe one like oh my gosh i almost hit that one car nick did you notice that when you were driving around like like there was no other traffic on the road that you had to uh, pass by it depended on where i was in the city there was one place where there's a big old line of cars but you know, when you compare it to, say, something, you know, if we want to go open world games, compared to something like Grand Theft Auto V, where there's cars everywhere, and yeah. sometimes you really got to work to weave your way around, or if you're like me, just run everybody over. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible citizen. Are, yeah. Terrible citizen. Uh, comparatively to that, yeah, I, I agree with Steve. I feel like it's more immersive when you're on foot than it is when you're in the vehicle. And generally speaking, most of the time the roads are pretty wide open a couple cars here and there okay it makes me wonder if it's like a loading issue because you the, the 
Game Engine is trying its best to load in stuff as quickly as possible since you're covering ground rapidly in a vehicle. But uh, go ahead, Steve. I didn't mean to. Yeah, no. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the game does have its drawbacks. I mean, I've, I've looked in the beginning. I, w- I did have some motion sickness because the, the screen was so jittery that I thought, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this enough to even talk about it. Uh, and then it did get better as time went on. But then I had, I, like I said, I had to lower my expectations. I don't talk to anybody anymore. So therefore I'm not constantly disappointed with people just giving me blank, you know, deer in the headlights looks, no expression, no mouth moving, but voices come from somewhere in the air. Um, and then of course, everything they had to say has no significance to me or the story pretty much. And so I just don't talk to them and have a better experience. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm a hoarder by heart. And so I hoard everything and I'm selling it. And I'm gaining a bunch of money and I'm getting, you know, stronger weapons. The weapons look good and they sound good. It almost reminds me of a looter shooter. I mean, you know, it's not a looter shooter. It kind uh, of is. I mean, yeah. I mean, it yeah, kind of is. I mean, yeah, you, you get a lot of the same guns, but you, you look at them and you're like, okay, well, this one's got, you know, it does a little more damage. I guess I'll keep this one and take apart the other one. Oh, but this one's pretty. Uh, it's got like colors yeah. on it. <laughs> but this one's spray painted. I like that one better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I see what Nick is talking about. I thought it was just going to be me and I go up to, to certain objects and they don't look like very significant, but they're there. And I'm like, Oh, I need to pick something up. Make sure I have enough life for this one blaze of glory gun battle that I'm glad to go into. And then I can't pick it up. I'm like, is it me? Is it the thing? I'm like, what is going on? So, uh, I mean, there, 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 there is definite stuff to criticize about it. And there's definite stuff to love about it. I think if, to go back to what we were talking about previously, just one more point. I think if they came out front and said, hey, so this version of the game that we're we're showing you it on PC and it looks this good, we're going to, and we expect this to be a next-gen title, but we understand that not everybody is going to have a next-gen title by the time this game launches, or, or excuse me, not, not going to have a next-gen system by the time this, this game launches. Just so you're aware, it's going to be, it's going to be, It'll run, but it's not going to be this. If you're cool with it, we're cool with it. We're going to give you, you know, the, the free upgrade delivery once you get your new system. Just put it out there. We'd love for you guys to play our game either way, but we understand if you want to wait. We understand how 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 uh, anticipated you want to go out and buy the game. Whatever you want to do make, makes you happy. And therefore, they've, they've covered their bases so that people get the game and they're like, yeah, I know what CD Projekt Red was talking about. This game was like really struggling here and then they've already done their damage control and they're like yeah that's what we told you from from the get-go to me that would have been like more of the honesty is the best policy not like you know make the stockholders happy is the best policy because their stock dropped like 29 percent right yeah. after i mean the game launched so anyway just my two cents from there no i think i think that that's spot on i think that messaging is very important and i think there there was something again this is pure speculation i have no idea what actually went on but in terms of when this game was in development, it was for originally the Xbox one and the PS four. Like that was the target for the the game when it came out. Yeah, but the game, then the game was supposed to be out in April. Exactly. It was supposed to be out some time ago. And, and they had, I think about three different delays, which is again, everybody was totally understanding and fine. It wasn't like people were out, were all uh, fire and brimstone about it. And, I think some somehow along the way, I don't know if there was kind of like a subconscious push just to make it as good as they could possibly make it. And as a result, it just got inflated to the point where 
suddenly they went beyond their target. And then next gen consoles was kind of almost like, um, they were the target, but they were kind of like, they even went beyond that. And so, uh, it, it was kind of interesting how this stuff ended up being, but I do agree with you. I think that when it comes to making sure that you have the lines of communication open, your fans will largely be understanding of the situation. Like if they came out before the game launched, I said, look, here's the situation. We're going to launch this game because we've already delayed it three times. We're going to continue to improve it and work on it. But FYI, this game, if you're looking for like the ultimate optimized version of the game, you're going to have to have a crazy diehard PC or gaming setup, like you know, a rig in order to really see everything that we've put into this game. If you try and do it on like uh, one of the base uh, previous gen consoles, you're going to be disappointed. I think at least at that point, it would have mentally prepared the gaming community and then they can make their own decisions and they'd probably be honestly more forgiving as opposed to thinking that what they saw at like the 2018 E3 press conference is what they were going to be getting. Well, so. plus the tweets were saying like the game is done. Yeah, that's exactly right. what I was going to say. It's it, you presented something different to the public, which was that, yeah, basically it's good to go. We're just putting some nice finishing touches up on it. And it wasn't until like a few weeks actually before the release date that they even had that interview where they said the thing that was holding them back was the last gen consoles. Yeah. I mean, that came out really, really late. And it was really just kind of something they just kind of glossed over and didn't even really go into too much depth in the interview. And so, yeah, when you're telling everybody, hey, yeah, we've got this game and it's like, you know, it's hot and it's ready, except for just a few little touches. We just want to, you know, refine it. I mean, it just goes to show you again. I mean, honesty is generally the best way, right? Just be transparent and you're going to get a lot further than that. Uh, Man, I'm not going to sit here in line trying to claim I'm some kind of like highfalutin businessman and understand how this stuff works. And I know there's a lot of pressure for sales and various other things. And the crunch is a thing. And I mean, got, I mean, Russ, you can speak more to this than anybody. You're in the industry, have been in the industry. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just be honest. I think yeah. that they aren't in near the kind of you know hot water that they're in right now. And they're probably their stock probably wouldn't have been hurt as bad had they been right. honest, you know. And they, and they are, I mean, they've been under a tremendous amount of pressure to try and get the game out the door and, and they've had to expand their dev team. Um, oh man, I don't even know what the latest numbers are, but I mean, they have a tremendous amount of people on staff that they ramped up just within the last six months uh, to try and get this thing uh, out the door. But We'll have to see what happens. I think it's a, it's definitely a good learning lesson. And I and again, based off of what they did in terms of support for The Witcher 3, I have no doubt in my mind they will, at the end of the day, make this right. I just think it's unfortunate that they were not as open with their communication this time around. Having said that, though, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about my experience in this. Please do. What was interesting was that I had pre-ordered the collector's edition um, I don't even remember when it first went on sale. It was like a year or two ago. It's been in quite some time, but it hadn't arrived yet by the time the, the launch day came upon us. So I ended up getting just a standard uh, PC version of the game because I wanted to see what the game was like on PC anyway, because I heard about like how much stuff they were trying to cram into this. 
And to give you uh, all the listeners out there an idea, so I, I have a, a workstation uh, laptop that, I, that I've had over the last year I just, I, that I bought. Um, it's designed for video editing, video production, 3D modeling, animation, all that fun stuff. So it has um, uh, pretty impressive specs uh, within the hardware. Um, it's not bleeding edge in terms of like like the 3080 card that NVIDIA just dropped. I mean, it's, it's not like I just purchased the machine yesterday. But having said that, I mean, it, it is a very uh, beefy machine. And I was able to have the settings on there. I think all of them were set to maximum, except I did not have the ray tracing option available because my particular graphics card um, is not compatible with like, I guess, how to do gaming uh, ray trace. So that is something that I'm very curious about because obviously ray tracing is a very big deal. Uh, it makes any given game look that much better to have that level of, of uh, lighting quality. And so I can't uh, really comment with how it looks with all the bells and whistles turned on, but I can say, you know, having like 95% of them turned on, um, I, I can definitely comment on that. The other thing I was unable to do was I could not play the game at a 4K resolution on my uh, my PC monitor because the frame rate would drop. It would drop down to like five frames per second. It was really bad. Don't feel bad. And those 3080 people are having trouble running it at 4K. I heard about that. So I so my hope is is that it's more of a game engine bug, like something that they have to iron out. And then once we get that um, that next patch, like say early 2021, maybe it'll fix that. And then that'll be fantastic because I did put it on 4k just to see what it looks like. And Oh my goodness. Like, it it looks good already before I put it the, the 4k resolution setting on. And then I look at it again, I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, this game is gorgeous. So, um, it, it makes me excited at the notion of being able to actually see what this game looks like with both the 4k and the ray tracing set in stones. If you think about it too, in your situation, Nick, with Xbox Series X, again, because you're playing a version of this game that was actually the, it's designed for the, ba- the, the consoles of PS4 and Xbox One, you are also not seeing ray tracing being used within the Xbox Series X for this game. So once they are able to actually turn that on, you're going to have an even better uh, visual experience. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're getting full, like true 4K either. Um, that is one of the things I'm interested in seeing what they do. And I have a question for you based on your your PC experience here. In light of the fact that they're having trouble hitting 4K on some of the most optimized computers, yeah, do you think that pushes out the Xbox Series X and PS5 edition patches further? Because they got to fix that. Because my guess is if those... PCs can't run it at 4K and maintain even 30 frames per second. I really doubt that either one of these consoles will be able to do it either. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I don't really have a, a proper answer for you on that. I think it's going to really depend on how CD Projekt Red has their dev teams set up um, and what takes priority. I think that because the game itself probably was originally um, started as a PC game. That's probably where, where they will begin. And then after that, they will uh, make the, the, the necessary adjustments. We'll just have to wait and see um, 
how that how that all pans out. But I mean, it it it, it can only get better from here. When that, and that's what um, gives me confidence in them. It makes me excited to see uh, what the future holds because this is. I keep having to remind myself this is a very ambitious game. The the, the sheer scale of this title. Um, is right up there with like a red dead redemption two in terms of like how large the open world is. I don't even know. Like if, if you were to compare this to a game like RDR two, I'm not even sure. Like, like, <laughs> like if they're the same size, if one's larger than the other or whatnot, but um, it's, it's very, very ambitious. And I think um, the PC experience. So when I started playing it, I, I did have to go through that rigmarole of, figuring out, okay, which settings do I need to put this on and, and uh, make sure that my computer was in performance mode and everything else. And once all those things were set up, I started to actually just focus on the game. So I was playing as the street kid life path. That night city is absolutely amazing. I could not believe the verticality in that game and the, the, the fact that the city feels alive. And I think when you're able to, to play the game on a system that can properly load everything in real time and not have any, have any um, issues with that, you're able to, to really experience more of that organic night city life and being able, I mean, th there was tons of time where I was literally walking down the sidewalk and I was just, I, I was, I literally felt like a tourist where I, I just kind of got lost in the visual splendor of the city and I was bumping into people and didn't even realize it. Oh, Oh, excuse me. You know, like, like just like, where, like I, I, I should, I might as well have like a, a camera wrapped around my neck to take pictures and stuff. I was like total tourist mode. Um, but I think it, it speaks very highly in terms of how immersive this world is, how you can easily get lost in it. And I was very, very happy about that. I was, I was pleased like, like, like this was the type of overwhelming sensation that I love. Um, there have been other types of gaming experiences in the past with other games where perhaps there is something that feels overwhelming it, but it's more of a negative connotation associated with that <laughs> particular experience. This, however, though, this was so, in the like, like, I mean, they hit the, the mark as far as I'm concerned when it came to the city actually being a character unto itself within this world of characters. I really, really think it's amazing how, how much differently the, the city feels during the daytime versus the nighttime and how like, you know, there, there is um, a buzz that's going on as you're, you're in the city and you're doing things. And if, if there is almost like a back to the future part two vibe when they're in uh, 2015, the back to the future version of 2015. And in terms of like, like the neon colors and the people walking around with the crazy outfits and the, the notion that like you're, you're in a time of um, just, all kinds of technological marvels and stuff, but then also what are the, um, the downside of what, what is the, the downside of humanity as a result? And I don't know that there's a lot there that you, that you can digest from a, a narrative standpoint. Uh, but in terms of the narrative 
between the, the, the street kid and the corpo, I will say this one thing when I was doing the corpo thing, the, the intro part of it was very different, but then, um, I found myself actually, um, going from that back into some of the street kid missions. So that's just a note for you, Steve is, um, I was surprised by that because I didn't expect to go all of a sudden, like doing some of the exact same things that I started out doing with the street kid path. Now, I don't know if that's going to maintain itself or maybe I'm dipping into that and then I go somewhere else because there are completely different characters that I'm being introduced to and that sort of thing. But figured I I would just kind of make a note um, of that. What do you guys think of the gunplay? You want to go first, Steve? You want me to go? Oh, I'll go ahead and go. Um, the, the gunplay, I, I would say, is good. I mean, the, the AI has some some pretty darn good aim. Um, so do I. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I just have lucky shots. But <laughs> gunplay, in, at least in my opinion, I mean, it has to be accurate and the sound has to be good. And, and in this case, I think the sound is better than the accuracy, but it's still pretty darn good. I mean, guns have different noises for different, you know, levels and calibers. And uh, not everybody has the same gun. I mean, some of the bigger baddies have some pretty darn good looking guns uh, or just firepower altogether. That's pretty darn awesome. It's, it's, I mean, different. I would say different. The guns are very handsome, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like it. Um, it's it's not entirely accurate, I, but I would say the guns have enough variety. I, I picked up this handgun. I don't know where I got it. So I dropped it. I'm like, I'm taking it. I'll scrap it or sell it or use it, whatever. And then I was fighting somebody. And then, you know, the more you shoot and like the same target, the more hit points would come off that target. So if you was just one shot, it'd be like 78 points. But I mean, by the sixth shot, you were taking off about 400 points. So it, you know, definitely very, very cool there. Uh, plenty of ammo also. Definitely very important. Very nice. Very right. nice. Right. So I, I like it. I, I do like the gunplay so far. What about you, Nick? I also have found the gunplay to be pretty good. Um, aside from the accelerating thing, I played with some of my settings and then it felt a lot smoother after that. I, I, I agree with the assortment of weapons and the variety. It's very interesting. It, it, a lot of times I'll get married to certain guns in games and be like, oh, this is just, this is the one. It feels super good. That, but they've actually created enough variance amongst the different weapons that I kind of want to try them all out whenever I get one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this out. You know, I'm kind of going through the stat line and going, oh, okay, this one does elemental damage and this one does, you know, chemical damage. What does that mean? Okay, let me try it out. And, you know, you go fire it and, and they feel good. They sound amazing. I, I gotta say that the sound for the for the weapons, whoever was was doing that, they did yeah. a fantastic job. These these guns clap really hard, even in the headset. Uh, I'm using the uh, Astro A50s, and it sounds fabulous. Ooh. Big big fan of the gun sounds themselves. They feel good. They feel like they've got good weight to them. You know, if you're firing yeah, one of the auto do. pistols and it's kind of kicking on you and stuff, it, it feels really solid. I, I like the peak mechanics a lot. Um, I wish more games would take advantage of peak mechanics. If you're up against a column and you and you hold aim, you'll peek out to the side. You know, if you're down below a table, you'll pop up over the table when you pull on, you know. Yeah, it feels natural, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it feels more like what, you know, 
an actual firefight would be like. You aren't just going to be like sitting there crouched behind a table with your head sticking up like, hey, what's going on here? Most of my body's obscured so no one can see me. You can't hit me now. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you go to fire and you're shooting into the table. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is not what would happen. You would peek over, you'd hold the gun over. So it was kind of a good mixture of, you know, any first-person shooter you've played of any merit and also some of the Gears style shooting where it actually, you know, recognizes that you're behind cover and, and puts the gun in the appropriate place to be able to peek and shoot. So really liked that a lot. Really enjoyed uh, that aspect of it. I, I think that I, I wish it was just the movement. I, I got to say it was just a tad smoother. Um, sequences where you're trying to shoot where you're in a car, that's tough. And I guess it, it is be. tough. It probably should be, but it's, you know, it's, it can be really hard to try and like hit headshots and things or even hit the target at all. Uh, so it, it, it's definitely a challenge there, but when you're on foot, it, it feels really good. I haven't had a chance yet to really play too much with the melee. I, I don't know when or at what point you can get the, the mantis blades, but that's like, that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to spec my character into a melee build and, oh, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm all about punching things and slicing stuff and clubbing people like baby seals. Uh, that's how I like to live my life. And uh, I will say that I have commandeered a katana in the game and it is very, very, uh, let's say delightful. Yeah. I really <laughs> like the mechanics actually for both just, uh, fisticuffs and with the katana with, if you time your block at just the right time, it creates an opening where you can, slice the you know living crap out of somebody yeah yeah like it, it has some really nice feel instead of just i'm waving this thing in front of me and people take damage again they've thought out the combat and uh it actually feels more realistic where it, there's strategy you know timing things like that yeah. and uh i really like that that's an option and yeah, I've just been having a great time with the combat honestly like i said i've been wandering around the city i hear gunfire i'm like oh here's a chance for me to go slice people with this sword or shoot them at this fancy new gun I got, you know, and off I go. And, and that's actually what I've spent a lot of my time doing is this kind of random stuff. That's just, again, because like you said, the city's alive. I'm exploring the city and taking advantage of the fact that it's alive and uh, seeking out whatever happens to be going on at any given time. One of the other things too, that I think is worth noting is that um, talking, kind of dovetailing off of what you were talking about with, when you are able to, to look around like a column or something and it just very organically makes you peek around the corner, which is really nice. I really enjoy how they have been very thoughtful with that type of feature in the game in all aspects where if you're talking to somebody or you're engaging with something or you're getting into it, like, like a car, for instance, right? Um, there, there is something about the way that they created the, the first person experience that feels, I don't even know what the word is, but like, you really do feel like you're this person in the game where, where like, if you, if you played older first person shooter type of games, yeah, it's first person, you're running around doing stuff, but like, there's kind of like this separation between you as the gamer and then the character in the game. But in this game, the movement and how people look at you and how they interact and stuff, you, it really does feel 
like you are walking around in this world. And I, I, I for one, really appreciate that. Yeah. One of the other things that I think is um, worth of uh, worthy of mention is the the path system in this game is actually quite deep. I won't go into details because I don't want to give any spoilers, but I have been testing out certain scenarios to see what would happen if I chose uh, to do things differently. Like if I went into a, a place that with just guns blazing versus trying to sneak my way in versus hacking my way in um, versus smooth talking my way in, they really have been pretty methodical in terms of like, okay, let, let's try and explore based off of the gameplay mechanics, how we can change up the overall experiences and how it creates a domino effect for future types of like um, relationships or allies that you have or enemies that you have to be altered based off of, of the choices that you make. And I think it's cool because some of this has to do with like the dialogue trees, which we've all seen in, in previous RPGs, right? We're like, based on what you talk about, you can kind of build relationships or, or ruin them, whatever it is you want to do. But this game, I feel like takes it a step further where it's like, wow, like I had very different experiences based on how I decided to handle a situation. And I really appreciate that. The, 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 I can tell you in earnest, the replayability in this game, you know, with the tons of endings notwithstanding, but just the, the very limited amount of times I tested this out, there are a lot of different ways that you can go about um, handling yourself that will actually really cause the, the story to, to go in a trajectory that was different from like, say the previous time that you played it. I don't know if you guys have, have messed with that at all or not. I have, that's uh, actually one of the things I did. I, f I find myself before I would go into a mission, I'll make a save, right? And then I'll go in and I'll go through my dialogue trees and you know, my different opportunities, let it play out. And then I'll I find myself thinking, well, said that instead or what if i'd done that thing so go back in run through it again and you're right like there is some real weight to the decisions you make and it's not like it's just two outcomes either in some cases like really early on in the game there's a situation where there's there's like six outcomes depending on what you do and how you handle the situation and choose to you know pursue certain dialogues and things of that nature so i i was actually really pleasantly surprised by that because again it's immersive it gives weight to your decisions and it does create a lot of replayability and uh you figure if they're doing it this well right now you know how how good are the dlc's going to be yeah i i'm trying to, I, I i guess like i have like the the similar experience i'm i'm i was tracking with what you're saying and i thought well i'm gonna say something different i'm like no that's pretty much the same <laughs> experience that i have i don't i don't know, I don't know what else to add to that well i think a follow-up question would be i know that in my case like I, I did it just to see what kind of differences there are but i think what i'm gonna do is play through the game where, where no matter what decision I make, I'm just going to own it and keep going forward to see what happens. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily like, um, 
test out all my options because it's almost like I'm kind of um, ruining the, 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 the future replays. You know, I want to be surprised every time. Like, okay, this time I'm going to be uh, more of, of uh, you know, I don't know, heartless and cold and I don't care about people's feelings. I'm going to choose all of those for this particular playthrough. Do you think, Nick, that um, are you going to take more of a cautious approach and just and, and do what like what you've been doing where like like you'll you'll make a save, you'll explore all the different reactions and then you'll move forward with the one that, that you like? Or do you think you're going to um, follow suit in terms of like, OK, now that I know that that does, in fact, exist, I'm just going to like bulldoze my way through and, and go through this kind of discovery mode of play? Yes, that's definitely what I'm going to be doing is the latter. Um, I kind of wanted to do it at the beginning just to test it, just to kind of see what it's like and what sort of variance exists within the game. And I'm guessing that the, not all situations are going to be like that. I'm sure some of them are going to be more like what Steve said, where it's basically like you make a decision and one of two things happens, you know, or nothing really changes at all from how that you uh, you handle it. But uh I'm with you because I want to be able to go through and replay it. And if you see everything at that point, it kind of loses the allure to try it again. So I did it for testing, for testing purposes. So I could share my, my thoughts. But now that I have done that, I will go playing more along the lines of exactly how I think this particular character's personality is. Well, I think you might have to because I, no one knows how long this game really is so far because there's tons of to do and you're not going to remember every single decision that you've made in a conversation uh, for 60 hours and then go back like, okay, I remember this, you know, on the 34th hour and 15th minute and I said this and now I'm going to say something else. At the same time, uh, you can't, I mean, that would that would take the game twice as long as if you're going, okay, this was really important. I'm going to go back to my autosave and I'm going to go say something else. No, I don't like that. I want to go back to others. I mean, that's going to make the game last way long. I mean, you're going to have to play it for like two years. Well, and I think too, I think one of the qualities of this game is that there is a Game of Thrones quality in terms of the types of decisions that you make, you know, it's, it's almost like a chessboard where you make like a particular decision and you're not sure how that particular move is going to play out in terms of the relationships of the other characters you come across or the different gangs within the city or the, the power players or whatever else. And so I think that's part of what gives the game its edge is the unpredictability based off of choice, which I love. I love how I think Nick, you said there is um, there's weight to the choices that you have, like in, in the sense that there, that you can tell um, based off of, of, of certain reactions that are more spoon fed to the player versus more of like an inkling that there is consequence. Oh Yeah based on what kind of decisions that you make. And, and I think what's cool about it is that there is the whole like person versus fate situation with that, where you realize, wow, like I'm really not in control of my destiny here because they have decidedly um, made these types of encounters in such a way where it's very much like, in the moment you you're, you're working off a very limited amount of, of information. 
And then however that blossoms, the further you get into the game, um, I mean, it can come back to bite you or, or it could reward you or maybe like <laughs> somewhere in the middle. you'd have, you'd have lots of frenemies. I mean, I have no idea, but I, I really do appreciate that. Agreed. So knowing that neither, like none of us have, have actually uh, beaten the game. We're still, uh, I would say during like the very much the, the first like third of the, the gameplay itself. Um, Steve, let's start with you and then we'll go to Nick and then I'll finish up. But I just, I, in conclusion, I'd like to just kind of get your, your, your hands-on impression, final thoughts. Well, I, I'm at a crossroads because do I, do I play all of this story at the lowest possible, worst possible experience I can have, but yet still enjoy all that the game has to offer, or do I just wait and, and have the best of both worlds? We don't know when the updates are going to come out. I don't know when I'm going to have a new system, so I can I either have to like continue to play, knowing that okay, the game does have re- replayability. You know, I'm, I might just start the entire story over again, knowing exactly what I have to do and be a little more skilled. You know, um, cracking codes and and picking up and selling weapons and talking to folks and figuring out the map, whatever. Or I just put it down and and just be patient and play a bunch of other stuff that I have still yet to play (laughs) or conquer what I still have yet to conquer. So, I mean, could have, could have this experience have been better? Well, you, I mean, yeah, hands down, it definitely could have been a lot better. Um, but there are tons of stuff just to, just to enjoy about the game. I mean, if I put all the negative aside, which is completely avoidable, um, and just say, look, I, I love the story. I love being immersed. I love the sound effects. I love, you know, there's different parts of, of the game. I do think about all the good quite often in which, uh, you know, I kept on coming back to the game because I was still having fun with it. Not, not primarily because, oh, I have to play this because we're going to talk about it, but I don't want to. It was I was thinking about it during the day. I couldn't wait to pick it back up. And um, as long as I could focus on the positive and just try and turn a blind eye to all the negative, I still had a great time with it, even on the base system. Well, I will say this. Uh, so far, my experience, in a lot of ways, this game reminds me of No Man's Sky. I don't know if either of you picked up No Man's Sky when it first came out. It was a game with a ton of promise, uh, a lot of things were said about what it was going to be able to do. Then it launched and it fell short on almost every single thing it claimed that it could do. But playing it, I remember thinking, this is a really cool concept. There's a lot here. And if they can figure it out, this could be something awesome. And now No Man's Sky is incredible. They've worked on it. Hello Games has worked on it and worked on it, worked on it. And that game is in an incredible place it's a ton of fun. It's super deep. And really the, the turnaround on that game is nothing short of miraculous. And I, I really can't compliment them enough for just putting their nose to the grindstone and continuing to improve the game and to get it to the place it is today. And I think looking at this game, I have a lot of that same feeling. Now, granted, I'm not having the amount of visual glitches and things that say Steve is or anyone who's on a you know, original Xbox one or a PS4 
for the most part, the game is pretty smooth on the Xbox Series X, but it does have its glitches and it does have certain things that happen that are kind of weird. And kind of going back to what you were saying, Russ, you know, trusting that CD Projekt Red is going to get, you know, get their stuff together and make this game right. I feel very confident. I, I think it has the opportunity to have that same kind of turnaround that No Man's Sky has. And it's really based off of what you're saying, Steve, with just that even though with all that stuff, there's enough there that you're like, this is this is enjoyable. I am engaged and immersed and I'm having a good time despite the frustrations that exist currently. So I think it's going to take time and it, it's taken Hello Games a long time to get their, their game where it is today. But I think in the long run, the future is bright. I've enjoyed my time. I will continue to enjoy my time in the game and in Night City. And I really love how alive it is and just... It's just easy to get lost, and I like that because sometimes that's all I want to do when I sit down and play is just sit down and get lost in something. And I love the missions and I love the story, but I also like that it's a place that I can just kind of wander around, not necessarily doing any specific goal, and really have a good time doing that. So I, it it is very well developed, and now they just need to they need to fix the kinks. Yeah. Yeah, for me, when I think of cyberpunk, it's a, it's a controversial game in multiple respects. Um, it's also a very provocative idea. And I think that this has been the dream of a lot of folks over at CD Projekt Red for a very long time. You know, I think that, that they had been planning this even before they were doing The Witcher 3. And Steve and I were talking about uh, just the other week about how you, there, there's a cameo of Cyberpunk in The Witcher 3, where uh, I think if I remember correctly, Geralt actually has a dream <laughs> where you see a, a brief uh, flash of, of, of Night City or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, what, what was that? Um, well, it's also Siri talking about uh, where she was when she was you know, jumping from dimension to dimension. That's right. Yeah. So it was a wonderful Easter egg uh, into a project that had been in development for a very long time. And I think there have been a lot of challenges with this. And I, when I look at Cyberpunk, I think that the, the level of ambition and scale can be looked at like a, a GTA 5 or a Red Dead Redemption 2, where you have a tremendous amount that has gone into this game. And you can tell, like when you're playing the game, yes, there are bugs. Yes, there are things that need to be remedied and fixed on all of that. But what the game has in terms of its guts is an incredible, um, I mean, if you look at it, it really is um, an incredible ensemble of many different moving parts where, you know, like, like the, for instance, you have the first person shooter, which by and large, like once you get your settings the way you want them uh, in terms of like the movement and stuff, you get that under control, which I'm happy to say, yes, you, you can get it normalized, I would say, most of the way. Um, it is a really well done first person shooter game. And at the same time, it's an RPG. At the same time, 
it's also um, to a certain extent almost like a racing game because you have the the cars and the motorcycles and I don't even know what other vehicles you have at your disposal in this game. But furthermore, when it comes to the relationship building, when it comes to um, the way that you can level your character up, um, the 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 very idea of how you decide to to um, attack, whether it be through the conventional firearms, or if you decide to do predominantly um, hacking methods, um, I, I can say, and this is not a spoiler at all, there are enemies that you come across and it, and it becomes very commonplace where they are hacking you while you're in the middle of combat. And that yeah. was a very different experience for me as a gamer because it, it was no longer about just dodging bullets. It was, wow, like I feel very violated right now because I realize that whether it's a, a surveillance camera that that's, has, has spotted me or there's a, an enemy, there's a whole new dimension to the combat itself. But I wasn't only on the receiving end of that I had to suddenly embrace these new combat mechanics. And as a result, um, be able to strategize and be able to use that to my advantage as well. And so there's this whole new layer of like, how do I ward off these hacks versus how can I deploy them myself to hapless victims? So it, it really depends on, on um, how much you actually pay attention to all of that. But I, I'm really glad how um, when it comes to the like, like I think there's like five or six main uh, attributes to the character. It's not just window dressing, like like the things that you do really make some sort of, of, of positive impact within a facet of the gameplay itself, which I really appreciate. Um, I think in terms of the world it is it, it is so fun to be able to walk through a city like this and i know we talked about this already earlier but i wanted to to just reemphasize once again what they have created is in fact very special it has never i've never seen uh, a city like this come to life and it's not just a bunch of buildings i mean like it, it's it's the the crowds the cars the sights, the sounds, um, the feeling of um, wonderment and dread and threat and cool and all these different types of words just all mashed together into this cohesive experience. Um, I, I really do look forward to spending as much time as I possibly can trying to discover things within the game itself. Um, and I, I, really, I, I really do think that, it, that while it is unfortunate that there are lots of players out there who are playing this game on a PS4 or Xbox One and have had that bad experience, my hope is, is that they don't give up on the game, that they find a way, whether it's upgrading their console system or wait until the, the patches come out that can make it a better experience on the last-gen consoles or maybe buying it for PC. My hope is, is that they will be determined to want to see this game like in all of its glory. Um, but I unfortunately think in order for them to do that, they're going to have to have a combination of patience um, as well as 
probably some Benjamins to, to fork out in order for that to happen. But um, I would say in terms of oh, just my, the, the hands-on impression, I'm glad it's here. I think it's crazy like how um, <laughs> it is controversial. Even, even when you get to the character select screen and you're choosing your gender and, and there, there are uh, graphics in that game that... I can't recall ever being in another mainstream video game, you know, that got a lot of attention and people are going, wow, they really put that in there. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that there, there's a, there's a lot to it in terms of the subject material that, that they are pushing. Some of which does feel, um, uncomfortable, but at the same time, there is something that, that is undeniably enticing about it. And I think that, that as we play further into this game, we are probably going to witness more of that that tightrope walk that CD Projekt Red's designers were probably putting into place. So we'll just have to see how this all pans out and uh, maybe we can reconvene once we've all actually beaten the game uh, one or two times or something. We can give a follow-up as to what we thought of the game overall. But I want to thank you, Nick, for, for coming on and, and uh, joining us. It's always a pleasure having you on. And uh, Steve, hey, you know, it's always a pleasure seeing you. Not shock, Steve. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M. And consider becoming a monthly contributor. You get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our video game adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see all of you next week.